Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Raising Supernatural Kids. My name is Becky Fisher, and this is a show where we talk about how God is using children all over the world to heal the sick, hear God's voice, and operate in the gifts of the Spirit with signs and wonders following. There are so many children doing amazing things through the power of God these days, and we're trying to spread the news so parents and church leaders alike will basically get their heads out of the sand and realize we need to take our kids more seriously when it comes to training and equipping them in the things of God. Now, if you've never heard of me or Kids in Ministry International before, I encourage you to visit our website at www.kidsinministry.org. It's full of helps and resources for parents and children's ministry workers who want more information on this subject. Again, it's kidsinministry.org or visit us on Facebook and I'm also on Twitter. Now, I'm very excited about my guest today, Dr. Melody Hilton who is a pioneer in an area of ministry to babies and infants. Now, believe me when I say it's not the same mindset of just teaching babies nursery rhymes. I mean, she is serious about teaching them the Word of God. So, Melody, welcome to our program today, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Well, I am so honored to be here. Thank you. You bet. Say, I have to ask you, because I've wondered for a long time, what does the doctor in front of your name stand for? You're not a medical doctor. Is that doctor of divinity? Actually, a leadership. It's a leadership. leadership. Uh, Yes, doctor in leadership. All right, wonderful. Now, you're a very busy lady, and you and your husband have pastored for over 30 years. And if that doesn't make your life busy enough, you also have an international training center and something called the Voice of Justice Foundation. Can you just briefly tell us about those things? Sure. About 30 years ago, we started our church, and thus we'll be talking about the babies. And our school, once uh, young people graduate high school, we like to bring them in, uh, give them about a year or so of their lives to prepare them in their purpose, their identity, their destiny, so that when they go into college that they're not changing their major five times. Our goal is to really raise up leaders, young men and young women, to really accomplish God's purposes for their life, whether it's in the marketplace or the ministry. And my Voice of Justice Foundation is I have such a passion to be an instrument of justice and that's uh, power used for the good of another and so what it is it's a foundation where I can gather funds to be able to help stop sex trafficking to give to the poor neglected the shamed children worldwide or even to provide scholarship for young and -and up-and-coming leaders oh that's amazing where are you guys located We are in Elizabethville, Pennsylvania. It's a small town of about 1,500 people, but uh, we learned a long time ago it's not the size of the town, it's the size of the vision, and you can reach the world from anywhere. Boy, isn't that the truth? That's what we're doing. I'm tucked away up in Bismarck, North Dakota. Who'd have thunk (laughs) it, huh? (laughs) Well, hey, while all the rest of these activities have been going on, about 15 years ago, God began to speak to you, uh, and, uh, and you wrote a curriculum called Who's Teaching the Babies? And actually, about 30 years ago and 29 years ago, he, he really began to speak to you to, to minister to the babies in your church. Now, I need to know how you first got started in this. Where did the idea or the vision come from for teaching babies the Word of God? Because that's just a little bit... Um, what would you say? Unorthodox. I guess cutting edge. Yes. <laughs> when did God speak to you first about that? And tell us how it all happened. 
Well, actually, about 30 years ago, we had moved from Kansas City, Missouri, out to this little town in Pennsylvania, and uh, we were trying to start a church, the typical church. And the Lord spoke to us to start with a children's Bible study. And we're saying, God, you know, we didn't want to start a children's Bible study. We want to have a church. But it was God's plan to cause us to focus on babies, children, and youth at that time. And Mm. at that time, the Lord spoke to me. And so where did it start? It started from the Spirit of God. He spoke to me and he said, I want you to teach in your nursery. I want you to teach the uncompromised Word of God that we were not to babysit, that we were not even to have toys in our nursery. And I think that was such an extreme statement from the Spirit of God because what is our propensity to go back to the familiar, to go back to what everybody does in a nursery, and that's just sit and let them play. And so uh, that was such um, an unpopular thing when we started the church because when we did, I said, no, we are not having toys. We're going to minister to them, and we'd read to them. We'd worship with them. Uh, worship with them. We'd invest into them. We spoke the word of God and identity statements over them. And so really that grew, and we began to see lives of babies and, and lives of families changed by what was going on in that nursery. And so really 15 years old, 15 years ago when we started the Who's Teaching the Babies, that was just bringing together things that we had done for the 15 years earlier. and uh, But we packaged it in a way that we could reproduce it in the lives of others. But before this, there was no scientific evidence that this was the most important foundational time in a child's life, the first three years. There was no scientific evidence that babies build identity Uh, develop their personality, which is their needs-motivated behavior and the ability to build trust in the first three years, that their abilities, intellectual abilities and skills are all established and rooted in that first three years of life. I had no idea, and neuroscience hadn't even discovered it at that time. And so now science has caught up with what God spoke to me 30 years ago. So that was the beginning of it. Now, when you say teach babies, that's got to raise a lot of eyebrows. I know it did in me when I first saw it. Uh, How do you teach babies anything? Because they can't understand language. They can't communicate. And this is long before they go to school. We're talking about babes in arms here. Uh, And and, and school time is when we consider that their real education begins, even though some parents might buy, you know, baby Einstein stuff or they might set them in front of Sesame Street when they're preschoolers and all. But we're talking about babies here. How do you teach babies anything, much less the Word of God? Well, that is something that people ask from the very, very beginning. And then I really didn't understand it completely. Uh, All I just knew is what God spoke. But... What the Word of God says, it's in Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Well, we all know that scripture, but the word uh, uh, child is a Hebrew word that means boy or girl from the age of infancy to adolescence. So from infancy, the Bible tells us to train up a child. And what's so powerful about this is I have learned through neuroscience that words are electromagnetic light impulses. And it's not just teaching a baby once they're born. Babies can begin to even learn and build memory in the womb. Just uh, Just 16 weeks after conception, which is four months pregnant, 
A baby begins to build memory because their ears are in tune to their mother, their mother and father's voice, the sounds around about them, and it is proven scientifically that memory begins to be built at that time. So if memory can be established in a child in the womb, how much more can we take the word of God that is spirit, it's life, it's powerful. The word of God literally is an invitation for a manifestation of the spirit of God. So when we love these babies, when we touch them with pure physical touch, we affirm them, we validate them, we, we just speak life over them, and we speak the word of God over them, truth literally invades, yes, their spirit man, but also their very mind, their emotions. They can learn and they can grow. In fact, a baby's brain has twice as many neurons as an adult brain. Really? And that is all there. That's why... Isn't it amazing? I'm trying to learn Spanish for years now, and I can okay. I can understand a little bit. But look how quickly a baby learns a yes. language. Wow, and so that is true. Really, you think that they can't learn, but actually they're learning in the womb, not just when they go to school. And that's why I've grieved, because I believe that the babies are the most spiritually ne- neglected group in our churches. And yes. so often even parents have no clue that what is going on in their homes, that not only are the babies there and around those things, but they hear, they do understand. They yes, understand they so much more than we could ever dream or imagine. Their brains are crackling with activity. And by the time a baby is six months old, it has half the amount of neurons that an adult brain has. Oh my. As far as connection and development of memory. So, when you say teaching the babies, basically, and I've looked at your material, so uh, that's my cheat sheet here, but um, Mm -hmm. you're basically just speaking the word of God over them. In, in the nursery, and you have a whole program, which we're going to talk about towards the end of the pro- the show, but you are just basically spe- saying speak life over them, speak the word of God over them, just, you know, uh, accept, just realize that they can, even if they don't have a language understanding, they have a spirit understanding, and they are absorbing what you're saying. Am I getting that right? Yes, but they have much more of a language understanding than what we realize. Just because they cannot articulate it doesn't mean they don't understand it. Really? Exactly. Okay. And so, uh, for for instance, there was a study that was done that uh, they took babies from about four to six months old in the womb all the way up to nine months old. They began to read them a Dr. Seuss book. They read every chapter but one. And when these babies were born they began to read that same Dr. Seuss book to these babies, and the babies began to respond, and their eyes lit up, and they began to suck vigorously on a, on a pacifier. They knew they were so engaged because they had heard it before. And then when they went to read the chapter that they never read to them before, the baby was not as interested proving one of many experiences, proving that they had memory and they understood what was being read to them. It was familiar to them. That is amazing. Well, we are talking today with Dr. Melody Hilton on uh, today's show of Raising Supernatural Kids. She's talking to us about her mandate from God 
not to just babysit the infants in her church, but to teach them the uncompromised Word of God. And when we come back, she's going to tell us about why it's important to begin teaching the Word of God to children when they're still babies. Now get a pen and pencil too, because we're going to tell you where you can order her materials and learn more. And so we'll be back in just a moment. Parents, did you know that the local church is only our partner in discipling our kids for Christ? It was never meant to do the job for us. But most Christian parents assume they are doing their job by taking their kids to Sunday school every week. The problem is it's not working. It's not enough to swing the tide in the spiritual lives of our children. That's why we're holding the Revolutionary Parenting Conference October 3 through 5 in Bismarck, North Dakota. We'll discuss what it takes to revolutionize your parenting with biblical principles in mind so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. At the Revolutionary Parenting Conference, you'll learn to effectively disciple your own children in your home. Don't leave it up to untrained, inexperienced volunteers in the local church. For more details, visit us at kidsinministry.org or call 701-258-6786. The Revolutionary Parenting Conference. This changes everything. October 3 through 5, Bismarck, North Dakota. Live streaming will be available. Register now. My name is Sabrina Carraway. I'm the children's and youth pastor at Life Center in Atlanta, Georgia. And we ordered the whole thing because you got a great special on all five curriculums. And we got the preschoolers in his presence. But I saw you got the new one. So I haven't got that yet. I want to get it. But we have been using it. We started out with hearing God's voice first. We're a prophetic apostolic church. So we started in our, in our kids. And we've now got, we're working on a team of prophetic children that are prophesying in the services, our preschoolers in his presence. The, even our twos and three-year-olds, we're teaching them. They're praying on Sundays. And uh, we've just finished a big ma- missions and nations awareness sort of thing. And they all were involved in the project. And it is so incredible what is going on with our children. And we're starting to see just the last two weeks, the fire of God is falling in our services. Our kids, uh, the Jesus sparkles, we call them, they're on them. They're, the kids are going around and laying hands. Our teens are laying hands on the kids. But it's our little children that are going up and they're praying for these big people. It is awesome. Would you say that the curriculum has helped in this? In, the curriculum is awesome. I, seriously, this, I, I always tell people, I want to be like Becky when I grow up. It, is, it really is the best thing that you could do for your children's ministry. I've told people uh, I could take the material and like put mine. It's my heart. It's everything that we're wanting to see. If you're here, then you obviously have a heart for this. You need to get this curriculum. It is incredible, and you will see such a massive change in your ministry if you'll just put this to practice. It's awesome. Alicia. All right, she is talking about the Kids in Ministry International Curriculum, and if you're interested in some fresh, new, vibrant curriculum for your children's church ministry, or you homeschool, please visit our website at kidsinministry.org slash resources, and we have a lot of things you need to look at there. Well, who's teaching the babies? That's our discussion today with Dr. Melody Hilton. This is Becky Fisher, and later on in the show, uh, Dr. Hilton is going to give us some specifics about the curriculum she has written for both parents and churches. And if you're interested in looking more closely at that information, again, you can go to our website. We'll give you that address again in a few minutes. And um, or you can also go uh, right to her uh, website as well and, uh, and see our web uh, sources on babies and preschoolers. Now, Melody, give us a better idea of why we should be delivering deliberately teaching babies, not just in the churches, but in our homes. 
the word of God. Isn't it enough just to take care of their physical needs and give them a plenty of affection and love? And I stressed homes, but I am meaning the church nurseries too because I'm coming from a church leadership position here. So tell us why is it important not to just babysit these kids? It is absolutely critical. Uh, in in the area of we do meet their physical needs because that gives them a sense of safety. So we meet the physical needs. We do all the natural things that we always do that really causes them to realize their value, that their needs are worth it, but they are also a spiritual being, and they are a soulish being with their mind and their emotions being established. They're, I mean, their brains are just crackling with activity. And so in that foundational season of their life, which is up to three years old, 75% of a child's personality is established. And no by the kidding. time they're seven, 100% of their needs motivated behavior which is your personality it's the things that you do to get your needs met which is what develops you to have the personality that you have and so the more we invest in them in that time and give a security and a a love environment uh, we know that the word storge is is a great word on family love and that's a strong natural affection and yes it's the natural family with mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa and and uh, having that security in the home but it's also the family of God because it is trusted relationships in Psalms 29 or 22 9 I believe it is it says yet you brought me out of the womb that's pretty young Uh, Mm -hmm. you made me to trust even in you at my mother's breast so even when a baby is being nursed by the mother they are learning to trust in God Everything that we have that brings security and trust and safety builds the, uh, the, the trust inside of a child. I call it a love tank. It's like inside of every child, when they are conceived in their mother's womb, is an emotional, spiritual love tank that, that we need to fill. Their brains and their hearts are literally wired for love. And scientifically, our brains are wired for love. For us to be emotionally healthy, we need love, validation, and affirmation. See, and love, storge love, is a love that is expressed that meets the deepest needs, laying a foundation for emotional health in every child. And we have an opportunity to do that through the Word of God. You know, sometimes we focus and think that the deepest pain a person can have is what was done to them. But really, it's what was not given to us. Um, Mm. Psychologists say that if trust is established in a child before the age of three, nothing will be able to take away their ability to trust. For instance, like I, I trust, somebody violates that trust, I learn that I can't trust that individual, but my ability to trust is there. But they also say if trust is not established, then the ability to trust is not there. Now, I know my God is much greater than that. I've seen people who weren't able to trust, and by the healing power of God, they began to be able to develop trust. But can you imagine what we will do for our babies when we create this environment of storge love, pour in the word of God with its power and its authority and, and identity and destiny statements of who they are in Christ, how that will so pour into them. See, sometimes we think we need to cast something out rather than pour something in and if you pour the good in 
negative, the destructive, the harmful things are already driven out. So That's it's powerful. That's why the Word of God says that the hearts of the fathers should be turned to the children. And that's not just physical fathers. It's a generation. And that's what's yeah. going to reverse the curse. And a curse isn't something that God does. It's an empowerment to fail. And it has nothing to do with God. It has to do with the actions and sins and battles and struggles of a generation. And so if we take this time in their life and we invest into them there are things that will be established in them that they will never ever ever lose now at kids in ministry international which is my ministry we have primarily been called to the local church and um my my um uh purpose i guess you would say is to try to give them a wake-up call about how mm-hmm. uh, what we're doing spiritually in our education in our churches uh, needs a serious change. Uh, the church as a whole is failing to capture the hearts of our children, and we have statistics that show from multiple sources that our young people are leaving the church like rats from a sinking ship. Now, that's another discussion, but what has happened to me recently is I'm actually on more of a quest to get over to the parents how important it is that they take up the responsibility of spiritually discipling their children and not relinquish their role to the local church because so many parents just think that if they just take their kids to Sunday school, that's all they need to do to impact them for God. Now, I want you to speak into this issue because the church is important. I'm not saying that it isn't important and it plays a role, but it is a supportive role to the parents. And But speak into this issue of the parents being the primary ones to do the ministry over their children exactly actually there's no better place to establish the foundational reason for being than in the home and i believe that starts with conception the moment someone knows that that they are pregnant they need to begin to be speaking life into that child see Mm -hmm. infants can't feed themselves physically or spiritually so they can't feed themselves but they will just eagerly receive everything that we invest into them and as i said earlier every word we speak scientifically is an electromagnetic light impulse that makes neuron connections in the brain it establishes memory and that will stay with the child for the rest of their lives and at three years old children begin to lose neuron connections and um, so we need to be feeding that child at the time when their brain is the most active and so Uh, Our children need to be surrounded by trusted individuals and by words and attitudes and actions and deliberately speaking the word into their life. Now, a lot of churches or parents don't do this. They have a heart to do it, but they don't know, how do I do it? And, you know, busy lifestyles and and what people face, you know, they, they battle with so many things. You know, we're just trying to get the house cleaned up rather than sitting there one-on-one with my little baby and just speaking the word into their lives. And so they don't know how to do that because they don't know what to say. And that's why we took what God was giving us and we packaged it in a way so that we could give them the tools that they need to know how to minister to the babies, you know, with visual things and colors and all those type of things. But going back to the importance, if you think about it, Isaac was blessed 
because of Abraham. God blessed Isaac, and he blessed Isaac's seed because of Abraham's sake. You can read that in Genesis 26. You can see that Solomon built the temple because his father, David, warred. And he laid up everything that Solomon would need to build the temple. In fact, God chose Abraham because he knew he would command and lead his children after him. And so God is, uh, is given us a mandate as parents, as grandparents, as church leaders, as, as anyone in the body of Christ to be a generation that cares about investing into the babies. And I've worked with young people for 36 years, and I know exactly what you're talking about when you see yep. young people go away from the church. And, and yep. let me just share one testimony about what we've done with the babies. And this young girl, we just brought her on staff. She's 23 years old. She was in our nursery as a baby. But, you know, her mom and dad loved God with all their hearts. And not only did they feed her, because we tra- we trained our parents how to minister to the babies as well. Uh-huh. And okay. um, and so they ministered to their babies, and, and they ministered to this little girl, and we ministered to this little girl. That young woman never walked away from God. Now, of course, everyone has their crises of belief, and they need encounters with God personally and all those things. But now she has come on staff, and God is using her in the same nursery that she grew up in. Uh, She's in that nursery now ministering to the babies. And she has four sisters. Every single one of those girls are serving God, walking with them, because they had two things. They had the church and their home investing into them continually. Powerful and the fruits of it. It is powerful. And very quickly, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Can you give us any scriptural examples of teaching babies and preschoolers? Is there a precedence for this in the Bible? Because you know there's going to be people out there listening saying, give me chapter and verse for this. But you, you spoke of one in Timothy. Would you please share that one and any others that you can think of? Sure. Um, it's I, I love the scripture that talks about cho- choosing the foolish things of this world. It's in First Corinthians. Choosing the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and the weak things of this world to confound those things that are mighty, and and the base things. And what that is, it's like lowborn, a young, you know, those things that have not been given much account to. And so that's where I've looked and I've seen our babies, not a lot of account has been given to them. Uh, There's not been a lot of credibility into investing into them. But God has chosen those things to bring to naught those things that are are. He is using babies so powerfully. And we've just seen such a move of God with those babies. But in training up a child, it says from the age of infancy to adolescence. And, you know, honestly, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And God is looking, as with Abraham, to look at those that would command their children, to raise their children up in the way they should go, to, to be those examples, to be those that model the way in word, deed, action, and attitude. And even the scriptures that I shared about the children that were blessed because of their fathers and what was spoken into them. That's generational blessing. We hear about a generational of cursing, but there is a generational blessing that we can pass on to our children. And so uh, that's why I love the scripture in Genesis 18 where it says, For I know him, Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him. 
and they shall keep the way of the Lord, and they'll do justice and judgment, and the Lord may bring up Abraham that which he has spoken to him. That meant that he was going to give God, uh, give Abraham, uh, you know, as many as are stars in heaven. If you can count the sand, I'm going to have your descendants. Why? Because he was willing to invest into them. And there is just so much scientific research to back up the importance of a father and a mother in a child's life and their investment into their life. I mean, you can look at at Timothy where it talked about uh, because of the faith in your mother and your grandmother, Eunice, that God's hand was upon him. And his father was not even a believer. His father uh, was, you know, a part of a a heathen culture. But because of the faith of the grandmother and the mother, Timothy rose up and was a mighty pastor. And because of that, God even brought the spiritual father. And we can even read about spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. And I, God has given spiritual mothers and fathers in the body of Christ to, I believe, fill in the gap where we've had a fatherless and motherless generation. And that's why it's so important in this day and this hour to feed the spirits and the souls of our babies. There's one specific scripture in Timothy, uh, in the book of Timothy, Paul was talking to him, and he specifically addressed the issue uh, that that uh, Timothy had known the scriptures from infancy. Do you know that's what that right. scripture is? Can you uh, how that you have right known? Off? Yes, um, I should be able. Uh, that is Second Timothy three fifteen, and it says, "And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, and that is the word of God, because scriptures is what is written." And so how you from infancy have known what the word of God says, what the scriptures say, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, so there literally, is scriptural... salvation is going to be birthed from the scriptures that a child has learned from infancy. Thank you. That is uh, the most yes. important scripture. Yeah, that is the most important scripture, and that really puts the, the teeth into this whole vision that you have of teaching the babies. Well, we're going to be back in just a minute. We're talking again with Dr. Melody Hilton. And um, if this is no doubt a controversial topic, if not just... Um, uh, just taking care of the physical and emotional needs of babies, but um, to go so far as to actually teach them the uncompromising Word of God, who would have thunk it, huh? Dr. Melody Hilton is my guest. We're going to be back in a minute and talk about something even more controversial, if this isn't bad enough, and that is the topic of deliverance for small children. We'll also hear testimonies of the fruit of her ministry. Does this really work? We've often been asked, is there some way I can be trained to teach children to walk in the power of God the way you do it? And the answer is yes. This one-of-a-kind school of supernatural children's ministry teaches parents and church leaders not only the basics of ministry to boys and girls, but our distinctive, which is taking the youngest saints into the presence of God. You have an obligation, if you will, to take them to the next level. These life-changing teachings are available in 45 hours of video and audio that will radically change how you view children and ministry to them forever. Kids today are hungry for the supernatural. 
And this course shows you how to bring them into their God-given spiritual destiny that they were born for. They have so much that God has imparted to them from the smallest all the way up that they can impart and teach us. We train you to not only realize the importance of creating an atmosphere where children can encounter the presence of God, but we show you exactly how to do it each and every time you meet with them. This is a unique quality not normally found in other traditional children's ministry environments. So if you're preaching on healing, you can be guaranteed that when you get to that altar time, that those kids, that there's going to be a healing anointing that's going to be activated. Don't just settle for your kids to encounter the presence of God just once a year at kids camp. You can have a sense of true revival on an ongoing basis in your own children's ministry as you're trained through the School of Supernatural Children's Ministry from Kids in Ministry International. Visit our web store at Parents, did you know... Parents, did you know that the local church is only our partner in discipling our kids for Christ? It was never meant to do the job for us. But most Christian parents assume they are doing their job by taking their kids to Sunday school every week. The problem is it's not working. It's not enough to swing the tide in the spiritual lives of our children. That's why we're holding the Revolutionary Parenting Conference October 3-5 through 5 in Bismarck, North Dakota. We'll discuss what it takes to revolutionize your parenting with biblical principles in mind so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. At the Revolutionary Parenting Conference, you'll learn to effectively disciple your own children in your home. Don't leave it up to untrained, inexperienced volunteers in the local church. For more details, visit us at kidsinministry.org or call 701-258-6786. The Revolutionary Parenting Conference. This changes everything. October 3 through 5, Bismarck, North Dakota. Live streaming will be available. Register now. You're listening to Raising Supernatural Kids, and I'm your hostess, Becky Fisher, from Kids in Ministry International. And our vision is to redefine children's ministry in the 21st century in order to raise up a supernatural army of God in our children and youth. Now, if you're interested in finding out more about us or finding material to help in your children's ministry or in your home, please visit us online at kidsinministry.org slash resources. Now, we also want to give you Dr. Hilton's website uh, where she has a free audio session that you can go online and listen to and if you have been as fascinated as I have you can tell this woman knows what she's talking about so Melody would you please give us that web address and uh, tell them where that audio is on your page uh, and then also give our listeners your email address too yes it is www.wt no there's a dot in there you got to have yes, a dot, dot right sorry. after the w- first w- three W's. W- <laughs> sorry, www.wttbabies.org. So it's Okay, and if they scroll down to the bottom of the page, you've got a uh, a place right there where they can listen to it online if they want to. Now give your your um, give them your email address too if they want to write to you. So it's contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, at org. 
Okay, that's simple enough. All right, and we'll post that on our website too. Um, Doctor, we're, we're talking about uh, raising up supernatural babies and small children. Uh, Who's Teaching the Babies is the title of her one-of-a-kind curriculum for churches. But you also uh, you have got a smaller version of this for parents as well called Baby Equipping Tools, and we'll talk more about that towards the end of our program too. This is so that parents can basically do the same type of ministry in the home without investing the same kind of uh, dollars that you have. And uh, le- like I said, uh, towards the end of the program, we will give you more details on that. Now, Doctor, as if teaching babies isn't controversial enough, you have actually written some very interesting material on taking small children through deliverance. Now, first of all, I want you to explain what this means in case some of our listeners have never heard. They don't know what we're talking about when we talk about deliverance. And then tell us, are you serious? Do you really do this with babies? And do you really honestly believe that small children need deliverance? So just spend a few minutes on this, and uh, we've just got a, a little bit left in our show. So we won't be able to tell everything, but just give us the highlights here. Well, first of all, we can read about generational sins and curses. And so the sins of generations past, the propensity towards certain things, really are passed down from generation to generation. And if you don't believe that, just go to the doctor and what do they ask? I mean, we know cancer and all those things are not necessarily hereditary, but they recognize that when it's in generations past that it could you have a greater propensity. And so we recognize that in so many areas. And so we want our children free of those things. And um, we we can even recognize that depending on what a child has been around or what they've experienced, it can open them up to those things. And you think, how? There's no way that a, a child could be affected by a demonic stronghold. But in Matthew, you can read uh, about the ruler's daughter who died. That was, death came upon her. The the Can- Canaanite woman's daughter who was vexed with the devil. That was Matthew 15, uh, verse starting in verse 22, I believe. And um, the son, there was a son who was vexed, and that was Matthew 17. They was vexed by a demonic spirit. So these children were affected by it. And, and we know throughout history, even with Moses, whenever God wanted to raise up a, a deliverer, the enemy did everything he could to try to destroy the one destined to be the deliverer. You know, there was Moses. The enemy, What was the decree that went out? Kill the babies. You, when Jesus came on the scene, you know, it's kill the babies. And so, really, there is such a strategy of the enemy to destroy our babies. You look and you think, we have, what, 37 million babies, uh, you know, within well, I think it's probably more than that now, have been aborted. There's just such a a strategy of hell against our babies. And we are in the last days, and the devil's timetable is running out, and his time is short, and so his wrath is even greater. And so that's the negative part. But I want you to know we can... And let me tell you really quickly how this started, but there was a a little boy uh, in our church many years ago, and he was two years old, and he was sexually molested. And from that, we saw instantly his personality change and anger and every, he just began to act in ways that were not him and understandably so with what he had experienced. But it so grieved me because I myself from the time I was two to nine years old was molested and it took me till I was 37 years old till I got healed and delivered and set free from this. Mm -hmm. And it just grieved my heart and I said, God, 
I don't want him to have to wait for 35 years before he can be free. There has to be a way to bring freedom to this child right now because he didn't even have the same personality as he did before. And I just prayed, and the Lord began to speak to me how to minister deliverance or freedom. And I'm not saying that a child is possessed. I'm saying that they are affected by yeah, a spirit. That's right. And, that's right. And so it's much different and we have authority and we can teach even our little children that they have a choice and they have authority that their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and they can choose uh to allow good or bad. And so what the Lord showed me was to make this house. And in this house, open up the door and Jesus is in that house. See, now this was when a cardboard a ch- house. This was yes, a cardboard made like house. A cardboard that house. You just made. Yeah. Yeah, or okay. you could even like take and Yeah, or you could even take even like a, a dollhouse that, that you see and just put a picture of Jesus in the door. And so what the Lord told me was to do this and they could see that Jesus was in the house. But behind some windows maybe we had fear and we never mentioned the devil, we never mentioned demons, we never did anything like that. Uh and so this little boy, he got very, very angry. So we put like a picture of this child being very angry and, and then another picture of a child being afraid. And we showed this house and um, we said, you know what? Jesus is in this house. So guess what? We can tell fear to leave our house and we can tell, um, uh, you know, anger to leave our house. And with that little two-year-old boy, the mama did this. And when he said, Fear, you leave my house in Jesus' name, and she helped him pray this. Then she took out that picture of fear, threw it away, and replaced it with a a picture of a child at peace. She threw out that anger one and replaced it with a child that was at rest. And so instantly, when that child was done praying, and I'm saying it very rapidly for time's sake, but when that child was done saying what could or could not be in his house, he was a different boy again. He was back oh to his old self. And really? that young man now uh, has graduated high school. He loves, he serves God. He's the sweetest guy you ever want to meet. And, huh. um, but at that, and then it began to go through our church. People said, oh, my gosh, my child's doing this. So instead of just yelling and screaming and whooping and doing all the things that you do to try to get your kid in order, they took and they showed the house and said, you have a choice. Are, do you, mm. you want that in your house? And no child wants that scary picture yeah. or that that uh, that anger or that rebellion or that whatever in their house. And so they'll just say, whatever they're dealing with, leave my house in Jesus' name. And uh, it what they're doing is they're learning to take authority, authority. over their own house. Yes, yes. Authority Amazing. as a son and daughter of God. I wish we could talk about this more, but we got to move on. We're, we're losing time here, and they're going to cut <laughs> us off. But and so um, this, do you the same material that you sent to me? You sent that for free. Do you sell that or anything? If parents want more information about that particular subject, do you have that available if they want it? We don't have it for sale, but if somebody okay. wants to send to contact at WTTB at WTTBabies dot org, uh, they and I'll just send them the notes. That would be fantastic. Okay, I've got a couple 
couple more questions, and you've already answered this in part. I want to know, because here in the America we have this saying, the proof is in the pudding. In fact, uh, we, we may even have some people listening from Missouri, who the show-me state, uh, <laughs> all this to mean what proof do you have that what you're saying really works? Now, you just shared about the amazing deliverance that little boy went through and some of the other children in your church, and you gave us that one example of the young lady that's working for you. Do you have any other examples, tangible examples, that by speaking over them as infants, it infected them throughout their lives, and even today as teenagers or adults, it, it, there's an impact. And, and can you actually trace it back to that those days? Most definitely. I wish we had an hour for this one. But there was a, a young girl, and um, just maybe about four years ago, we went into a restaurant. This beautiful young girl, she came up to us and she said, Pastor Steve and Melody? And we didn't know who she was, and we said yes. And then she told us her name, and here she told us that she was in our church, and we remembered her, and she left our church at four years old. She knew us. She remembered what was taught to her in that nursery, and she came from a family that was affected by a lot of witchcraft and drugs. All her siblings were in prison. She had gone through horrific things in her life, and she was even struggling at that moment. But when we saw her after all those years, she was so excited because the thing that she remembered from a child was being in that nursery. Really? And she knew our names, and she started coming to church, and at that time she had a little one. And it's so blew our minds to think that a little child that young, because, see, we were the only safe and stable place that she knew in her life. That's it. And she remembered that. And her heart is still so soft for God. She still stays in contact with us. And, oh, my God, do we have time for one? Exciting one. one. And there was, yeah. uh, there was a, a baby and quite a few years ago in our church, and we just really felt led to to give so many decrees and begin to declare about the miraculous power of God and his healing and all those things. And uh, this baby was 15 months old, and, and she began to lose her equilibrium. And she went to the doctor, and they diagnosed her with this rare brain t- tumor. And the prognosis of her ever surviving was very, very rare. rare. Death was really the expected outcome. And a long story short, as soon as that doctor spoke this prognosis to the mother, the baby looked in the mother's face and began to blow in the mother's face. And every time a nurse or doctor came in or we went in to visit her or someone in the church went in to visit her, the teachers, you know, she started blowing in their face. And we thought, what is she doing? And then... She went through an 18-hour surgery, came, came out of this 18-hour surgery, and she had a tube in her mouth. And I was standing there over her, and she looked at me, and she began to try to blow uh, around this tube. And then we realized what happened. The Lord took us back to the scripture that she was learning in the nursery. She's 15 months old and could not speak language. Okay, she wasn't old enough. And we were teaching in the scripture, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. And they taught them that the mouth was an instrument for blowing. And then they took the scripture, won't let Satan blow it out. And so the moment that prognosis, she began to blow, 
And literally, she rose up with as a weapon of warfare and began oh to take her spiritual authority without being able to speak because she was a baby. And That's to make tears it very, to my eyes. I know it's touching. And this, she came out of the hospital about a month later, and uh, they said she would be blind because they took parts of her brain out uh, for sight and part of her. Uh, they said she wouldn't walk probably. You know, she'd never be able to do certain things. Probably not be able to speak very well. She came to church uh, right from the hospital, and we were having church that night. And during the offering, she wanted to get out of her mama's lap. And she walked before she went into the hospital, but she hadn't walked after that. She wiggled out of her mama's lap, and she began to walk down the aisle of the church. Well, the church just went wild and started yelling and screaming, and it scared her. And she goes running into the arms of my husband, who was her pastor, which she was used to seeing (laughs) almost every day. And um, she is totally perfect to this day. She is totally intelligent. And the only remnant of anything ever being wrong with her is that she has the scar that goes around her whole head, but it's covered by her beautiful hair. So. Literally at that age, she understood the authority that she had in Jesus. That's incredible. We have had so many children being saved. Almost every baby that is in our nursery is saved before they leave the nursery. Almost all of them are baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Stop it. The babies? Yes. In fact, the first one that I led to the Lord was my daughter at two years old and one month. And she, I was talking to her, and, and uh, she said, you know, I need Jesus. And I said, well, Jesus is inside of you. And she says, no, I need Jesus. And the Lord brought to my attention, you listen to her. She recognizes she needs me. And so I led her in the prayer of salvation, and I said, Jesus, well, if she really got saved, she can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I said, Rebecca, do you want to receive, um, no, I said, do you want to pray in tongues like Mommy and Daddy do? And she said, yes, I pray for her, and she's been speaking in tongues ever since. Unreal. That is amazing. What was the age of that child again? She was two years and two years old and one month, so twenty five months old. And that was my daughter. Oh, and we have my, my granddaughter goodness. who's two years old. She got saved a few months ago in our nursery. And now my grandson was three, just barely turned three when he got saved, and he is, like, quiet and reserved. He's a contemplator, and so he's really not super social when there's a lot of people around. Well, he got saved at nursery that Sunday, and he came out, and he runs up to me, and he says, Mem, and he's yelling and jumping and screaming and shouting and lifting his hand in the air and says, Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is in my heart. And he was just so excited and prior to that he was dealing with some fears and after that he did not deal with them any longer the moment he received jesus it drove out fear we're talking to dr melody hilton about who's teaching the babies and you can hear from these testimonies that god really can tremendously impact the littlest of uh, the children around us. We're going to be back in just a minute, and when we come back, Dr. Hilton, I want you to tell us just a little bit about the two materials that you have, uh, Baby Equipping Tools and the Who's Teaching the Babies curriculums. We won't have time to go into a lot of detail, but get a pen and pencil. We're going to give you the information again where you can order these supplies, and uh, we'll give you the web addresses again and all of that. So we'll be right back in just a moment. laughing, playing, singing, and talking. You'll find us hurting, lying, fighting, and crying. You'll find us in homes, in schools, and in shopping centers. You'll find us in parks, 
on the streets and in churches. We are your children. Your youth and your responsibility. The call of the world continues to weaken the influence of our families and the church over us. It is becoming harder and harder for us to hear the message of God's love. The time is right for a decade-long emphasis on the children and youth of our world. We don't need another program. We don't need more events or church camps. We need a church that will minister to us and incorporate us into the church family through a wide variety of means and methods. We want and need opportunities to minister to others in ways consistent with our ages, abilities and spiritual gifts. We can serve in lots of ways. We can pray for our neighbours. We can help others to feel better love. We can learn to play our part. We can even help make decisions. We are disciples in training, not disciples in waiting. Please don't underestimate us. We are the church of today. And the church of the future. But you're in danger of losing us. You're losing us. You're losing us. You're losing us. You're losing us. Will you do whatever it takes to reach us? Will you set aside your differences and meet us where we are? Will you teach us how to live? We are within your grasp. You can help change our lives. Please take time to share Christ with us. Because in 10 years I'll be 19. I'll be 20. I'll be 19. Because in 10 years I'll be 16. I'll be 24. 10 years I'll be 16. I'll be 17. In 10 years I'll be 14. I'll be 18. I'll be 23. I'll be 18. I'll be 20. We'll be 16. The question is. 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 In 10 years, will you have made a difference? Mm, that is a good question. And we've been talking today with Dr. Melody Hilton on who's teaching the baby. Melody, this has absolutely been fascinating. Now, I'm sure you listeners, it's going to take you time to absorb everything that Melody's been sharing with us today. So I want to encourage you to visit our website at kidsinministry.org. We're going to have a, a link on the homepage on, under Blog Radio that you can go back and listen to this again. If you're listening to us on blogtalkradio.com, uh, I want you to know that there will be a link down there where you can actually download this message as an MP3 and listen to it in your MP3 player, send it to your friends, listen it at your convenience at other times. Uh, and uh, we also want you to uh, encourage you to go to our website, kidsinministry.org slash resources, and both of Dr. Hilton's uh, materials, Who's Teaching the Babies and Baby Equipping Tools for Parents, are there available along with some curriculum for preschoolers, some other baby curriculum, and some DVDs and CDs on teaching and helping you understand more about teaching preschoolers and babies. But we don't want to pull away from Dr. Hilton. We also want you uh, to to uh, bless her, go to her website at www.wttbabies.org and you will find the information that you need in order to order the materials there. Melody, I want to really thank you for joining me today. Um, this has really been fascinating. We have about four minutes left. So in a very short period of time, please tell us about your two materials, Baby Equipping Tools and the one for the church on who's teaching the babies. Tell us the difference between the two and why should they buy them. 
Well, the equipping tools, which is geared for parents, grandparents, caregivers, uh, that type of thing, it's a smaller set that equips the parent uh, to minister to the child. And we have lots of flashcards in there. Now, I will say with all of our curriculum, it's on CD. They put it in the computer. They print it off. We encourage them to laminate. Uh, laminated so it lasts a, a lifetime or for a very long time. But what's good about that, they can take it, and if they lose one, they can just print themselves off another one. And um, they, they could take those flashcards. And in the parents' equipping tools, we have it divided into two parts. One is from conception through 12 months, and there's okay. flashcards on safety protection. We have a set of flashcards that is for because babies up to nine months old see best with black, white, and red, and they can focus so much clearer. So we have a whole set of flashcards that is in black, white, and red to really draw their attention to the pictures. And um, we have identity statement flashcards and generational blessing and and father's blessing prayer, which is my absolute favorite. And another (laughs) set we focus on um, there's eight sets of flashcards and God's creation. We have all these animals and we have numbers and we have colors and all those things for uh, from like 12 months up to uh, three years old because they're learning all those things. But everyone has a spiritual application, a spiritual identity statement, a, uh, a mm. destiny statement. And within the parent set, we have all the supporting scriptures to every one of those statements That's so great. that the parents can read what the Word of God says concerning that so that they are educated. Now, okay. in both the, both the curriculum and the parents' tools, we have uh, the teaching, the foundational years teaching. Now, with the church set, it's so, so, so much more. There's a lot more in it. Um, yes, there but is. But we have the teaching that they can take that and they can reproduce it for all their helpers, all the parents. They can make it as many times as they want to really spread the message of the importance of the foundational years. But in there we have all the administrative tools for a church to help them get started, uh, parents' ministry books, and that is just so good because when a new parent comes into the church, you can hand them this parents' book, and it says, we do not babysit. We teach them. We have vision for our babies, and it has all those things that they can just print off and give to the parents, or they can make it very customized to them and just take the ideas and make their own. And then we have a whole section. Okay, we have a whole section on Okay, one, one-on-one ministry tools, that's just with the babies when they're newborns and you're just holding them or they're at the changing table and it's just one-on-one. Then we go into having a whole set of interactive games that when they're sitting at the table, but everything is identity and destiny. Then we have a whole section on salvation ministry tools where we make it so simple to minister the plan of salvation to our babies week after week. And then we have some books, and those books are focused on uh, identity and the scriptural beliefs and Jesus loving them and so many things on who the Father is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. And we have a whole thing on on like they're like paper dolls and their vocations because we're speaking into the gift God put in them for what they're going to do when they grow up. You know, oh, they could wow. be a doctor, they could be a fireman or whatever, and we have all these things and every one of them we have spiritual statements and identity statements to back up everything they see. It's very brightly covered, pictures of babies, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures of babies, and it just so attracts their attention. 
once again, this is something that they they get a small packet of CDs and they have to print all this stuff off on their own color printers and then laminate it. But um, I can tell you from looking at it myself, the one on who's teaching the babies, it is a very intensive, very, there's just tons of stuff. Listen, we got 90 seconds left, so I'm going to have to let you go, Melody. Thank you so very much for talking with us today. We've been talking with Dr. Melody Hilton on who's teaching the babies. Uh, and we want to thank you for joining us. We want to invite you again next week. Now, I've got to tell you about next week's show. This is going to be off the charts exciting. Not that this one wasn't. This was totally a blessing. But next week, I'm going to be talking to prophetic minister Doug Addison. And he is a uh, someone who interprets people's dreams. Uh, he is an expert in interpreting tattoos. But he, he also has a ministry where he interprets the dreams and the nightmares of children. And it's they have, according to us, they have great spiritual significance. So in the meantime, check us out on Facebook. Go to our website, kidsandministry.org. Send out a tweet to your friends. Let them know about us. And join me again next week on Raising Supernatural Kids. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Melody, for joining us today. Sure appreciate it. Thank you. It.